Uh, welcome to another episode of Superdoll Stories, our uh, episodic series, truly episodic. Uh, each episode, a story told in episodic form. <laughs> Sorry, I usually don't crack myself up, but just the idea of, uh, I, I always, like, I never remember that I need to prep for, for this one small part. And hence, they never do. I mean, they prep for almost all the other portions of the podcast, but for the episodic teaser, I, I, I mean, you're supposed to be sleeping, so there's really not much to tease. I mean, I'm the only one being, I'm teasing myself. Uh, but let's see, if you're new here or you're concerned, you can listen to these episodes in any order, just like any podcast episode. You're not going to miss anything. And she said, Jesus, well, I really, you know, if I'm going to fall asleep, I really need to know. I, I, let me, okay, let me put your mind at ease. I understand. Believe me, that's my mind works the same way. Uh, so Superdoll was a team of superheroes. We did a series back, I think, in the pre-100 episodes. I can remember writing it in uh, this, like, maybe in the summer of uh, 2014, maybe. Uh, no, maybe it was April. I remember being on a plane and writing it. So that might have been April. And then the, the, also I remember the website crashed. Uh, it's just a little things that stick in your mind. But I think that was April of 2014 when I was writing the series. I'm not sure when it came out. But it was an early series we did about a team of superheroes. And these uh, Superdoll stories are stories uh, tangentially related uh, to the superhero team. And you can, like, uh, they'll all be evident uh, that they're stories, that they're episodic, self-contained stories. But if you're, like, a super fan of Superdoll, it, you're, like, uh, like or, or, you know, they're just, uh, they're like, uh, huh. again, I, I, I guess I, I don't know, this, uh, I'll use my soothing tones. Why should I let my self-critic get bothered by any of this, right? Uh, so, yeah, tonight's episode will be another story in our series of stories that are episodic, so they could go in any order. Uh, Superdoll stories. And I've really been enjoying t- telling them thus far. And tonight's will be a, like a bit of a departure, as they all have, but this will be a bit of a departure from the departures. So welcome back to another episode. Any episode, by the way, because it's episodic. Of Superdoll stories. All right, everybody, we open tonight's episode with a montage, uh, in this case, a non musical audio montage, uh, slowly moving, uh, but still to try to paint multiple pictures. At the, I actually, I don't know what the, this montage will uh, try to explain multiple things at once, uh, but as all good montages uh, that open. With this uh, giant uh, vista of a purple mountain, it looks like you'd say that kind of looks like Mount Fuji, but a little bit not as uh, symmetrical and a little bit less triangular. And you notice some rumbling, and maybe it's a little bit cartoonish, uh, you know, so we feel even further removed from the action, just observing from a safe, safe distance. And the mountain starts to rumble, and it's slowly tilting. And then we see the flashes of like of superheroes in the air, flying and moving quickly. 
And we sigh as we observe, we sigh a breath of, you know, relief that the heroes are here. And as the montage plays out, we watch some of these heroes fly up and then fly straight down into the earth. And then the others kind of head towards the mountain. And then we see a familiar figure. There's a large village in the shadow of the mountain, as there usually is. It may be even a town. I'd call it more of a town. And who was there in the center of town uh, telling everyone to remain calm? Uh, but our heroine, Electra, uh, I think there's one silent letter in her name, but Electra. And she calls the townspeople and she points to acti- heroic activity going on. And she calms nerves, she validates feelings, she talks with her hands, in her eyes, in her body language. She touches forearms and smiles and nods her head as people get the sense that she's being empathetically, you know, that present for them. And she's pointing and saying, you know, it's going to be all right. I think it's going to be all right. But she repeats it in different ways and in different languages. As this, you know, as towns, mountainside towns tend to have, you know, traffic from around the world. Uh, but people, you know, their their fear isn't totally gone because the earth still rumbles and the mountain still t- tips. It's kind of like a purple tower of Pisa, a little bit, I'd say, a little bit, I'd agree. And as Electra's yellow cape whips in the wind, you watch it and you wonder, it's whipping, but whipping in a hypnotic, gentle way. A little bit faster and more, you know, a little bit like a flag and a little bit like a pet's tail. They take the best qualities of both of those, put it into a cape, and put it on a heroine who's slowly calming the nerves. But her words are truthful because suddenly the rumbling increases and as things rumble down the mountainside, we see the lightning speed of stretchy arms catching things. We see the stretchy, I guess it's tough to say, but uh, like much like a stretchy rubber person, a rubber body uh, creating a dome over part of this, this town and deflecting anything, pebbles to rocks to boulders bouncing off and back down into the base of the mountain. And that's our buddy Flex, flexing and stretching and uh, protecting this little town. And then we see the mountain tilt, and then we see the mountain tilt back. And if we look uh, at a secondary large-sized mountain, not far from that one, but maybe on the the different, like, uh, something below... It seems more stable. We see another one of our heroines, Nine. And, of course, your first impression might be like mine. Whoa, those are some wonderful boats. And the reason you do notice the boats is because they're digging into the dirt. And 
They're creating traction against an unseen force, a force we're all familiar with, a force called gravity, which you can see in intenser gravity in Nine's face as she directs her attention and her focus towards the mountain. And if gravity was something we could see like she could, we would see her attempting to use gravity to maintain the mountain and to hold it in place from, you know, falling over and trying to return it with the mass of the mountain and the power of the gravity, it's back and forth. And sweat starts to bead on her bow, and soon Electra heads over to her. And she seems to check in. We're at a distance, so we can't quite make out what they're saying, but we could, you know, imply uh, because of Electra's prior behavior with the townspeople, Electra, by the way, we could imply that she's saying, she's, how's it going? Maybe something more shorter than that, with uh, trying to keep the mountain, you know, nine saying, I'm trying to focus, uh, but, you know, it's not easy. And then we see Electra looking towards a little hole in the earth where our other heroes had shot up into the heavens and then shot back down. And if we followed a camera flying into that hole, soon we'd see our hero, another team of our team, a sub-team, you'd say, tunneling through the earth with the power of fire at the hands of Carbon Man, melting the like uh, substrata of the earth, and at the same time. Uh, the power of cold, uh, cold, cold water is somehow being powered out of the hands of Lick, uh, cooling the uh, molten lava as a whole, you know, to, to make a stable tube. And behind them on a giant worm that some would say only exists deep within the, the mythology of the earth, rides two more, a heroine and a hero, Omaha, and Mesmaro riding a giant worm in pursuit of whatever is making this mountain shake. And then our four heroes enter a giant chamber, and, the, you know, the, the, they jump off of the worm, Mesmaro and Omaha, and are caught by the other two heroes with the power of uh, flight, by powered by, you know, we don't need to get into all the details. Everyone lands safely. The worm manages to kind of do like a little U-move and goes back into the earth. But we, deep within this giant chamber, we see something massive, 30 feet in the high, which seems to be a giant mole, mole, like, uh, they say it's a mole, like, uh, like a big boss battle mole, not more like a, but a humanoidized mole creature, not intimidating, but cartoon-like, uh, but also looking like a lot of trouble. And soon Mesmaro is, is, is flying around with Carbon Man. He says, drop me on the head of the mole. Uh, but then the giant mole, like, reacts to the other heroes and starts spraying some sort of, uh, like, well, I'll explain it to you since I'm the narrator, quick-drying uh, mud uh, spray out of the fingertips of the giant mole. 
catching the heroes off guard and freezing them in a you know mudstone-like substance. So Omaha, uh, Carbon Man, and uh, uh, who's the other one? Lick, uh, uh, like on the ground of the chamber. Kind of looking like those birds that build their nests out of it like that. But, but you know, th- their heads are visible as they watch Mesmero dance on the head of the mole, the giant mole bot. And the mole swipes at Mesmero, and then Mesmero casts some spells as the magic maker. Even has that a triangular magic hat somehow staying on his head. His flowing robes. He comes up with a carrot, but the mole doesn't see him. And then he tries a potato, and then he says, "What is? I don't even know what a mole." And then the mole catches Mesmero, and Mesmero struggles, and then the other three heroes struggle, and then Mesmero, like the mole, brings Mesmero towards its robotic. And it's pretty clear it's some sort of you know robotic version of a mole, per, mole, a giant mole person. Uh, but meanwhile, the three heroes are working hard, like, and in, in, it's pretty easy because uh, Omaha, you know, she controls, like, creatures. So soon they burst out of their things, and the mole's trying to, uh, like, deal with Mesmero. But then Mesmero says, you know, the, you go beyond the chamber, see, you know, the, like, there's a bigger problem at hand, which is whatever's causing the mountain. So they run around the mole, and Mesmero, like, uh, you know, for a second, Mesmero thinks this is actually his most heroic act, his last heroic act. Uh, But as he deals, sees the giant robot, you know, giant mole teeth, uh, they're known for their giant buck teeth, Uh, just one just barely nicks him. But then the mole stops. and looks at Mesmero, and as the team runs by, you know, they find this, un- of course, unprotected, just protected by the giant mole, this giant machine that, that was uh, molten the bedrock under the mountain. And it doesn't take long for a team of three superheroes to disable the machine, and with a hero with the power of fire, or heat, I guess Carbon Man has, and then a hero with the power of water uh, to quickly re- reinforce the the bedrock that was uh, slowly being melted, causing the mountain up on the earth. Meanwhile, our friend Mesmero, while he has a bit of a cut on his, uh, just a little one, uh, Nick, as I said, he's slipped out of his robe and... Uh, don't want to be over descriptive there. He is a wizard. Uh, and so we picture Gandalf without his robe, with his hat, and a small undergarment. But Mesmero's escaped, and as Mesmero gets ready to cast a spell, rockets in the boots or the shoes or the feet of the mole, mole bot or the giant mole bot erupts. And the Molebot takes flight right up to the tube of the four heroes had, or whatever, however many heroes we have, had created. And, uh, you know, a rocket, giant Molebot rocket shoots up the tube. And then the heroes, they try to, and then they, uh, it takes them a second, you know, to check on Mesmaro. 
and to finish shoring up the bedrock holding the mountain. Meanwhile, back on the surface, Electras continued to calm everyone nearby to contact major, you know, to contact everybody being affected. And the quaking has stopped in the mountain. While it has moved uh, with uh, the power of uh, nine, uh, the mountain has no longer, you know, it's, it's tilted in a new way that people will remember this day. Uh, but not in a way that it would affect weather patterns or be, you know, of any, like, uh, concern to this village or any of the nearby people. Probably if we could predict the future, it'll become like a, a bone for tourism in the area, which could also be a bane, depending on your opinion of tourism. And uh, our good friend Stretch is returning all the boulders and, you know, making, you know, saying, geez, well, this, this, this will look a little bit nicer now. And then Electra watches the mole rocket head uh, launch out of, uh, it doesn't launch out of orbit. It probably heads into the stratosphere, the meso, I don't know all my spheres, uh, but it curves off into the sky. And she could calls to like a uh, flex in uh, nine. And as they're getting together, the other heroes fly out of the hole. And Electra has a quick talk with Mez, Mez not Mesmaro, excuse me, with uh, Flex. Can you try? And they say, no, we got to get back to base. So then the heroes take flight, uh, flying by their different methods and assisting the heroes that cannot fly. And normally, this is like they're going very fast because they're in a hurry. Uh, because the, uh, the, the, also the mole was going so fast that they, 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 by the time, I mean, you gotta, it takes a few, even for heroes, it takes a few seconds to get moving. So they fly towards the base. And in this particular journey, they happen to be flying on a, uh, I don't know, I guess you'd call it a, uh, like similar at some point to uh, like when you could get those inflatable islands they have now that people might have at a lake or a pool. Maybe they're too big for a pool. Uh, there's uh, some of the here. The non-flight heroes are lying on a piece of uh, earth. Initially, it looks like earth, and it has dirt to make it more comfortable and some sod. Uh, but what makes it structurally sound, you know, is obviously the power of heat and the power of cold. I mean, deep within it is probably some sort of basalt or obsidian uh, covered in dirt. You know, I don't file, I don't, my only job is not narrating the adventures of this uh, hero team. So I don't have all the answers, but they lounge. There are actually a couple of them are playing uh, croquet. And, you know, arguing and laughing, you know, to, to take a little bit in some are sleeping, some of our heroes. And is this piece of earth, you know, one of the heroes doesn't get to rest. Uh, that is uh, uh, nine in this case, though they take turns. This is just one particular mode of flight. They're a team. They're, they're a true team, as we saw in that montage, action montage. And they're headed back to their base, and 
as they head to their base, which is all, all good bases are, an island. Electra sits up from uh, resting her head on the grass while she was, you know, calculating the most pristine uh, uh, victory, whatever, when you pull something. or I don't know how, what the rules are in croquet, but she was planning hitting a wicket or something. She was had her head on the ground to aim. Suddenly her head shoots up and she then she stands upright and she says, Stop, 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 stop the uh uh you know, giant earth or you know, she just says stop it, but she means the giant earth and ship that they're on or whatever you'd call it, a, a, a flying patio, I don't know. And then there's some chitter chatter and some discussion and someone says, well, what's wrong? And Electra says, I don't, I don't know what's wrong. We, we, uh, there's something going on at base. I, I can sense something is wrong in there. Uh, well, what, what, what do you mean? Uh, let's just go. We got to get to base to check on that giant flying mole. Well, no, no, we need, uh, there's something wrong. We need to land, uh, uh, let's get on that, the, that island is that where, where we keep, uh, you know, the stopover island. Oh, the, the island where we keep all our water reserves. Okay. So they head down to, the, you know, an island not far from their island base. Of course, their island base is just distant in the horizon. Just enough clouds around it to make it cinematic. And as they land, Flex is looking, and I think he even has the ability to make his skin, like he's a stretchy, like one of those heroes, his skin is flexible. And he even has the ability to make binoculars out of his hands, somehow stretching some of his skin into a lens. Or maybe his cuticles, I don't know, but he looks... And he breathes. He says the shield is still up, the the shield's still up at the base. The shield's still up there. Uh well then shut it down. No, no. Eh, well, eh, eh, it's just weird. It shouldn't be up. It should it should have dropped uh, like about twenty miles ago. The shield should have come down. Okay. Well, this isn't good. Let's um let's do a low level approach and we'll. Uh, I mean, how close can we get to? Can we land on any part of the island? Yeah, we can land on a part of the island, on the backside of the island. We could land there. The bit, the shield's not there. Um, yeah, let's just do that. Okay, well then, why? I don't understand why we did. Why, okay, let's just go. Okay, let's go. Let's get this move. This, oh, we're already moving. Oh, that's good uh, that we have our own. Why do we need an island when we have, uh, well, we need an island because I'm exhausted. I've been flying us. I'm, I'm running out of gas here. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I understand. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Well, okay. So let's land here now. Um, so flex are, are, is, so are all the defense, if the bay, if the shield's still up, that means all the defenses are still up and they're, yeah, they're, they're, they have all our weak points. So. Um, yeah, if the shield's still up, all the defenses are still up. Well, I thought our communicators had, uh... Uh, you mean our implants? Well, I thought our communicators were, like, a location aware, so the shield would just drop down. Uh, their implants, not communicate. Okay, we don't have time to discuss that right now. Uh, Flex, what's happening? 
Well, yeah, they're supposed to be location aware. I don't understand. Um, uh, okay, well, uh, can can you send? Can we send a, a signal to like lo, like open the car door garage or whatever? I mean, we should be able to, but it, like I'm I'm thinking of putting the shield down. It's not going down. Well, oh, well. If I wonder if our communicators are working. Does anybody know if their communicators working? Uh, you're standing too close to me. Okay, we'll we'll walk walk a few feet away then. I can still hear you talking. We'll just keep walking. I can still hear you talking though. We'll walk a few walk further away. I can still hear you. Well, can you hear me now? I can still hear you, but not over the. Okay, the communicators aren't working. I could I could hear you whisper. I couldn't hear anything. Okay, is anybody you think their communicators working? No, the communicators aren't working. Okay, well, so our communicators are down, and we're locked out. So we're locked out of our base. Like we don't have any key. Do we have a set of keys uh, to uh, uh, to get to the base without our communicators? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, we we don't have. Uh, no, that's to prevent any. You know, that's to keep the base secure for only uh, uh, we're the only designated people allowed to access it. Okay, so we don't have any spare keys to get into the base. That's great. Uh, so, is it are these battery powered? All our batteries could not have gone out at the same time. No, that's that's unlikely. I, I detected something in the base. There's something. There's a, there's a presence in there, or some more presence. There's some. There's something going on. Okay, well, we need to tell Nag then. We should split up and we'll go tell Nag. And uh, then we'll go get help and see if they have, uh, because it could just be uh, that maybe they could uh, unlock the base for us. Uh, without our communicators, I don't see how we're going to, like, how do we ever get back a hold of you? Uh, what do you mean? Well, what if we don't get our communicators on and then we can't get a hold of you and then we don't know where you are? Where would we know where to meet? Um, uh, we could, I guess we could set a time, but we don't, does anybody, oh, we don't all have, there's no pockets on these, except for these, they don't have any, I mean, they, because we, we don't need any phones because we had these communicators and then, right, uh, oh, so I don't know if we should split up just yet because if we don't have a way to communicate, then, what if we get in the base and then you're gone and then we can't get, I mean, I guess if we could figure it, what about the way we used to sneak in and out of the base, like the back door? Can't we just get in the back door of the base? Uh, no, we reinforce the back door of the base. Um, oh dear, I'm getting something. I, I'm getting, I'm sensing, uh, the nag, uh, early warning station. They're getting, they're getting a message about us. Uh, I think they're coming, oh dear, they're coming to defend the base. Nag's getting ready to launch. Okay, this is, so what about, Flex, what about that uh, back door, back door to the base we made? Yeah, that's still defended um, with the, I mean, we still need it. It just doesn't track our communicator, um, but it's still shielded. But we might be able to, we could still get in that room. 
Okay, well, we have a problem because Nag has lunch, so we are going to have to split up. Uh, I'm going to need some of you to to just create a distraction for Nag. Maybe I could create a bug camouflage uh, and we could keep disappearing uh, with uh, Ms. Maro's portal spell. And Lick, we could use your, uh, like, uh, you use water. We we will decorate a distraction. We will keep them chasing us. Ms. Morrow can make other team members with power. With the power of illusion. I will not, yes, I will help us keep Nag chasing us. And then when you get everything turned on, then you could call us by our communicators. Well, Ms. Morrow, what happened to your neck? Oh, the mole uh, got me right on my neck, uh, right actually where the where the implants are. Oh, wait a second. The mole took your implants. That's how we're locked out of the base. It must have somehow hacked into the firmware and shut the rest of our, our implants down. Oh, dear. That is no... That, so the mole was an illusion to steal my implant. Okay, I hate to break this up, but you, you need, you, Ms. Morrow, Omaha, and Lick, I need you to go, and I need you to, 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 to keep, keep, keep Nag moving. Okay, we are on it. Uh, let's go, Miss. Let's go, you guys. Uh, we'll keep them chasing us across the globe, away from the base. Okay, for the defense of Earth, as uh, for this, yes, we, let's just go. Uh, we'll do the team building later. Okay, so so here's a, okay, let's let's read let's let's so we have we're locked out of the base, someone's hacked into the base and locked us out uh, because of Ms. Morrow's communicator. Uh, yeah, and uh, Carbon Man, you're awfully quiet. Uh, yes, I am. I'm. I mean, this is my first mission, believe it or not, with your team. As uh, so, I'm a little. Uh, intimidated oh miss morrow okay so so we're locked out of it could it be mole pe- it was a giant mole do you think it's some sort of, do you think it, there's no such thing as mole people that is not true that was a robotic mole with rocket shoes and clearly uh, anyway shouldn't we get to the didn't you say something about a double back door yeah, so we can't get into the back door, but sometimes me and Lick come out because we can get into the security system and watch you guys on the inside of the base. And we just usually don't worry; we don't watch any. We just watch the common areas, and we may, we we do like it's a, we pretend it's a TV show or a game show, and we narrate it. I'm sorry. What did you What did you say? We watched the common room footage, like when you guys were watching TV or eating, and then we we like do dialogue because we we just keep it on mute, and then we'll we'll make jokes about you know we'll say oh by the power of magic pass me the salad dressing, oh well okay well let's go watch and see what's going on within the base. Okay, Flex, you put on the headphones and let us know what's going on in there. It's the siren and the professor have broken into our base. Yeah, so they're uh, so they're pretending to be us, and they said that there's a team of uh, imposter heroes here. 
probably from another dimension, and they've sent Nag to, to uh, so Nag's on full alert against us. Oh, well, that is very tricky of them. But what could the siren and the professor want? Uh, what are they? What do you think they're up to? Uh, the professor's trying to get in because they're deep space, space relay. And then the siren, she's practicing, like, uh, I guess she's learned this, like, uh, remember that was one, that one set of aliens uh, that everyone was talking about, the ones that we got all the, like, their signals came in. And then we say they accidentally sent out that, uh, that, like, that French record kept playing. And they were hearing that. And then it ended up that they were not pleasant, like, that they were, uh, like they had such sophisticated, advanced uh, weapon systems, so we just said, "Well, let's not uh, play that." Remember all that? Uh, vaguely, vaguely. So, what are they doing? I guess was my question, though. Not uh, not in so much. What are they doing? What is their plan? I mean, I think they're like I think the siren is going to pretend she's the French singer and contact the aliens, and then they're going to have them come and they're going to direct them into the asteroid belt. It's a simple siren plan. So they're going to direct them to the asteroid belt right on the outside and then, you know, uh, take the weapon systems from their ship after it crashes into the asteroid belt. Well, the, when, when the aliens know that when they hear that, the thing is, like, uh, it worked into their mythology, so they can't think straight when they hear this. It's like a 1930s French. She's singing it now. See, it's very pleasant. So then they're going to steal the advanced technology and what, conquer Earth for the mole people? Uh, I mean, they're going to conquer. I don't know about the mole people. That might have just been another trick they were using. But, yeah, they're going to try to conquer Earth and... Uh, I mean, they'll have advanced technology, and the professor is actually pretty smart. Um, looks like he's still trying to get a couple of the calculations because the subspace relay, he's got to do a wind adjustment to get it and then make sure it's amplified. Otherwise, it'll go too slow. Well, we need to stop them. Why? What are we going? Okay, I thought it took forever to get messages out into space. Well, yeah, not with this amplifier. It like uh, uses it just uses ions. It just uses ions to make it go faster. Yeah, once he gets that message out, then the aliens will be on the way. Like so, then we'll have to stop. I mean, I guess as long as they crash into the asteroid belt, that we like uh, we won't have to deal with them, and we could just dispose of their weapons. I guess. Well, just because they have an advanced weapon system doesn't mean it's okay to let them crash into an asteroid belt. Uh, if you, because they're blindly chasing a, a, the siren, pretending she's a French singer. Uh, that was once that was just like space garbage, right, or something. Oh dear, this is not good. So, uh, whew, okay, here's a where where's the antenna mounted? Uh, it's mounted mounted on the roof. Okay, and the shield. Uh, is there a way for us to interfere with the antenna? Yeah, but they'll just figure it out when the aliens don't show up. Like they're, I think they're monitoring. Well, okay. So the alien. Okay, I think I have a plan. Then I think I have a plan. Let's uh, let's get to the roof of the base, and I have a plan.
And actually, I can get into this workstation, so I don't think we need to get on the roof. I can probably, um, let me just see if this old password works. Okay. Yeah, so I'm tapped in to the mechanical controls, so I could just, uh, uh, aim it, um, well, I'm just going to go up there and bend it. I, I, you, you're just taking too long. I just, I actually, I just bent it with gravity. I bent the thing. Yeah. So just send them a signal that it's still working fine. Okay. I send a signal that's still working fine. They're just getting ready to send the message. Uh, so what's the plan now? Okay. So here's the plan. Carbon man and, uh, nine, I want you to create. A listen to cinema into the and then resume and then resume and red eyes and then we're gonna go us in the base and then we're gonna send a message. Okay, Flex? Uh, okay, I think I got the plan. Uh how long till the plan's revealed? Well not very long. Uh I just I just need to um I guess let's see. Let's give me some grass and I will get into my outfit and and you three get get going, and I will meet you right back here in just one second. And I'll just knock on this door. Hello, hello, how man? Hello, hello. Okay, that's pretty good. Hello, hello. I'm. Hello, is this the door to your base? Hello, is this the door to your base? Hello, trying to access your base. Ah, yes, the, the, who are you? I am a representative of Nebula 43 Horseshoe B, and I got your message uh, to, to come hear your concert. Uh, no, 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 we wouldn't, can't do, hmm. Oh, we could, one second, I'm sorry. She's still singing. Yes, we are coming to hear your concert. We got your invitation. No, 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 we did not invite you. I'm the professor. And we were inviting someone from a few light years nearby, so thank you so much. Oh, well, that's a shame. We came here to super, you know, FTL Drive. We have been here. Uh... Oh, who are you with? Oh, uh, the, like uh, the defender of our planet, uh, Rocktar. Oh, who is Rocktar? Only the greatest hero of heroes, the eater of planets, uh, of small planets, Rocktar. We'd love to come in and hear your uh, concert, though. Well, where is Rocktar? Oh, Rocktar is. There seems to be some shield around your base, and Rocktar doesn't like it. Rocktar does not like uh, plasma shield technology. Well, that's a shame. Well, Rocktar is also a giant rock creature from our planet. Uh, he, oh, you, you put your camera over my shoulder, and you will see. Well, that is a giant rock creature, much giant than my flying mole. Holy moly, with the glowing eyes. And is, is that a tongue sticking out? Yes, it is a tongue, because Rocktar hears with his tongue. We would love to come inside and hear your singing so much that we would do whatever you wish. 
And as I said, Raktar is capable of, like, we flew here on Raktar uh, because of technology within the rocks that make him, that cause him to propose. I, I don't understand. Raktar is actually much, he's quiet, but much more intelligent than I. Oh, yes, well, we should, I guess, we should let you in the base then. What do you mean, no, don't let them in the base, uh, my dear? I'm sorry, the singer, she says she, you could hear her from out there. I uh, will know Ragtar wants to come into the base uh, to see. We we were also monitoring your planet from afar, and Ragtar took a shine to a flying creature on our planet we called the Sweet Siren Goddess uh, with his giant shiny teeth. It was what it would say in your language. Also, we have an armada of ships on the way with very high technology that will land in your ocean. So, but they are not waterproof. Uh, We have already sent the orders, so they will be landing nearby. But they will be camouflaged, so we will only be able to show them where you are. But that's only if Raktar is happy. Raktar wants to hear the singing. Oh, okay. Yes, I will lower the shields. Oh, because you are willing to lower the shields, why don't you come out then? I will trust you. We do not need to come in. That was a test to see if you are trustworthy by lowering the shields. We don't need to come into your your headquarters. You are the heroes of this planet. Come out and sing for Raktar. Raktar will dance for you. It will bring you joy. And then you, your planet will know you, you and your singer could rule us with the spell of your song and the power of your mind. It would be an honor to serve you here on your planet. Oh, this is working out excellent. Okay, my dear, let's go outside. Uh, my singer is here. I need to precede her, so I'll come out the same door. Hello, you are a human, but you are with a giant rock. Yes, I am human, and you are where you... Oh, wait a second. There's something... That's right, you're frozen by my power, Professor. Oh, dear, you've caught me. Yes, you fell into our trap, and now... Where's the siren? I thought she was right behind you. She didn't She didn't like me bossing her around. She didn't. She thought something was up. But that, I didn't know you had a giant, oh, it's just a woman that can control gravity. And, oh, the fire eyes are from your new carbon man. And you, Professor, are under arrest. And, uh, Flex, get inside the base and uh, lock things down. Oh, no, the uh, giant mole is rocketing away from the base. Oh, yes, that's my giant mole, and the siren is taking it. Uh, please don't shoot my mole down. Oh, we, 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 just, we need to make sure we can get into our base. You locked us out. Uh, it wasn't very nice of you. Although you shouldn't have uh, made it so easy to take your implant, and then I just canceled that. I shut down all your other implants. Well, Professor, I hope you are ready to... Uh, uh, you know, I don't know if they do, do they do trials for the super, 
But uh, we're, we're going to uh, turn you over to NAG once Flex gets a hold of them and turns all our communicators on. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not an officer of the court, so I could just ask these questions out of my curiosity. So are you a servant of the mole people or are you just obsessed with the mole people? Oh, well, uh, I think, uh, yes, I find the mole people uh, uh, to be both uh, symbolic and... Uh, yeah, just like the teeth, the, the the teeth of a mole, of a robotic mole in particular, or a crafted mole. Uh, they seem to have a power to both calm and say, what, what is up with those teeth? I've always, and I said, those are teeth are not uh, for eating, they're for digging. And I consider my mind a mind, and not just for consuming, but for digging, digging for truth. Or in this situation, the truth that the human beings can no longer sustain themselves and that they need someone to rule the planet like myself and whoever I would choose to rule at my side. But, Professor, you just fell right into our trap. Or did I, or did I let the siren escape? No, I don't. The siren escaped on her own because she didn't trust you. Oh, yes, I mean, I've, I guess maybe I've spent too much time within the earth because I, I have a whole thing down there, and it's quite nice, and I do like being in the earth, but not for too long. You should come down there sometime. It's very good for circulation, and, you know, it's warming. So any any ailments, I don't know if you're heroes, you're always doing your hero stuff. Uh, you must get sore. You go down there. And you won't be sore anymore. Uh, it does not do good. It gives you headaches. A little, and uh, it's not good for your eyesight. Uh, you get a lot of artificial lights. So seasonally, you know, you can get at least, you don't see sunlight. It can affect you. I get moody down there. I don't know. I may have lost my edge being deep in the earth. Uh, and that's why you caught me. So I guess the mole turned. As the worm turned, so did the mole. I thought my plan was flawless, but now I see it was riddled with holes. And you saw right through them once again, bested by the team of supers that protects the Earth at all costs. That's right, in Earth's hour of greatest need, which is currently, you know, now now that we've become, because Earth, you know, Earth's hour of greatest need has, you know, been bumped up a lot. We're here uh, to stop the world from... Uh, uh, not people like you, the professor, it's just your actions that are wrong and your, I mean, the way you do things and your choices and the thoughts guiding your choices. But deep down, I'm sure, uh, behind all that professor, uh, me, but anyway, you'll be, you'll have the nag has a process of dealing with you. So. I guess we've learned too. don't just rush in to save stuff without looking Huh, I don't know exactly what we learned, that Mez got his, like, uh, I guess we need spare keys. If there's a lesson here, uh, Flex, write that down. Hide a set of spare keys on that island with the water, and then hide another one by somewhere on this base uh, where we could all find it and we know where it is. I wish there were still phones that we could use because I'd say hide quarters for everybody, but that won't work anymore. Maybe some of those disposable cell phones. Are you writing this down? 
Uh, no, I can. Rem- I think I'll remember it. So I guess that's your lesson. Always have a spare set of keys. A good, good, good night, uh, Professor. Now, like, because uh, it's actually like uh, everybody's tired. We've been in a big action day, and we got to get in the base and call. But we have a spot for you in the base too. So it's time to rest. Thank you so much. And I, I guess we'll do those cute little moles that you said with their cute, just digging, persistently digging to a nice den where they're nice and warm and snuggled in, right? That's what they always do. They do snuggle and share body warmth. And they cuddle in and they get comfy. And they drift off to sleep too. Thanks, everybody, and remember your spare keys.